Thank you for listening to this message from The Resting Place Tampa. We exist for the lost to be found, the found to be free, and peace to reign in our city. For more great resources like this, check out TheRestingPlaceTampa.com. Singing to the Father, ministering to the Lord in His beauty, in His holiness. Like, it's tangible. It's not, His presence isn't a, it isn't a mist. <laughs> it isn't anything that's, it, His presence, Holy Spirit, Jesus is presence. Holy Spirit is presence. So we feel these things and we're changed because Holy Spirit is literally right here, man. And it changes us forever when we worship. And I just love it. I love it. I love it. I love ministering to the Lord. Priestly worship is beautiful because, like I said, with apostolic worship, it functions more from heaven to earth. Priestly worship is amazing because it functions from earth to heaven, which causes us to come to a place to where even in the midst of where we're at and what is going on in the natural, we have an opportunity that we will never have in heaven to release a sound of freedom, to release the holy, the beauty of Jesus on the earth. We can do it from earth. Once we're in heaven, we can't do this anymore. We have an opportunity to release the beauty of Jesus, earth to heaven, priestly worship, singing to the Father, personal devotion to Jesus. With the scripture we la- read last week, whoo, in 1 Peter 2, 9, I'm going to read it again. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You are a people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellences of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Old covenant required a sacrifice and the spilling of blood to approach the presence. But new covenant is because of the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus gives us access to the presence And we have royal blood. You have a royal bloodline that gives you access to the presence of God. We don't have to go through anything else. We don't have to fight for it. We don't have to work for it. What he did and what he paid for gave us access to the holy of holies, to the presence. The things that the priests in the old covenant had to do, it was so ritualistic. There was so much work that was involved. But God, Jesus made a way. He made a way. It was such a gift. Only the priests were allowed to minister to the Lord. The new covenant gives you access by the royal blood of Jesus, causing you to become a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. (laughs) We come to him and God's like, this is good. (laughs) I'll take this. As a part of the royal priesthood, we are now kings who are also priests. We are royalty. We have royal blood. And true priestly worship comes when we have an understanding of not only our royal blood, but also the one who gave it. We give him our best worship when we fully know who he is. 
I tell people, if you have a hard time coming into the presence of God, some people come and they're like, man, it takes me like three songs before I feel it. I'm like, my only solution is there's an understanding of the Father that you're not catching because if you knew how good God is, (laughs) if he's ever done anything for you, it wouldn't take you nothing. It wouldn't take you three songs. It wouldn't, and I understand there's things that happen and we go through life and we go like, I understand that. I understand it. But at the same time, what better place than in the presence of God to immediately be able to drop that junk? People carry it when they come into the presence of God and that's why they're just like, oh man, I just, it's so hard. Or I want to go to the altar, but I don't feel worthy. I want to do this, but I'm like, I can't, I'm a mess. Royal, royal, royal bloodline. You are a royal priesthood. You have access to enter the presence of God whenever, wherever, whatever you're carrying, whatever you're in the middle of. You literally, like this, can engage with the Father, let all that junk fall off. And it does take a partnering. It does. It's not work, but it's a belief. It's faith. That moves the heart of the heart of the Father, faith and knowing that if I come to you with this into your presence, I'm going to be able to breathe. <laughs> That's better than carrying the heaviness. So the Scripture says, I, "You put off your heaviness and you put on a garment of praise." We were never meant to be separated from the presence of God. We were created for Him and to be loved by Him. That was the plan from the beginning, was to minister to the Lord. That's why creation, that's why everything happened, was for the Father to love us (laughs) and to be loved by him. We were never made to be separated from God. Never. That was never the plan for us. The plan was for us to always have full access and to be able to minister to the Lord. We must do everything we can to protect this union with the Father and our connection and intimacy with him. With him. Priestly worship is face-to-face. It's all about his presence and being aware of his presence. I love this. Um, I'm going to read just a piece of Caleb's book because he talks about what face-to-face in the presence of God is, and it's, it's so good. <clears throat> he says, The word for presence in Psalms 1611 and in most other places in the Old Testament is the Hebrew word, um, panim, and it is literally defined as face or faces. There is actually a completely different concept in the Hebrew language when it comes to being in someone's presence. It means to be in their face. <laughs> so in God's face, the scripture in Psalm was the one where in the presence of the Lord, there's fullness of joy. So it's basically saying in God's face, There is fullness of joy. When you are in the presence of God, it means that you are face to face with Jesus and his eyes are not distracted. They are fixed on yours. He always kind of uses this example of two of even, um, I think when he goes to Israel, that they talk about you're you're not in the presence of someone if you're like this. Like I'm not in Jen Lee's presence until I'm like this. That's what, we have access to with the father is being in his presence face to face. When he talks about his presence, he's talking about this, not just being in a room and doing what he does. But when you're experiencing his presence in there or at home or in your car, he's not just in the car. 
He's not just in this room. He is each and every one of us. He is like that. Every time you're in the presence of God, he is like that. That will keep the person that says it takes me too long to get enter into worship. That'll break that. If you understood what you are literally walking into, you are walking into like a wall. Bam, the face of God. Oh, God, let us, let us have an awareness, God. Let us understand what your presence really is. The heart behind priestly worship is seeking his face. We then begin to understand more of who he is. The more we behold him, the more we begin to understand him. You behold something that, you know, you stare at over and over. We need to study and behold him. He desires intimate fellowship with us. The more we know of him through fellowship, it even gives us more language to be able to express, you know, the more time. It's like if you read a book or you do these things, you're, if you're one who likes to read poems, you know, you'll, you'll notice your vocabulary kind of, you know, it's just readers have great, I'm not a big reader, but readers have excellent language, like, and to be able to describe things and do these things. And I try to do it more as a worship leader, but the more you study the Lord and his attributes and his character, you'll begin to find that you have even more language to bless him. You'll have even more language. Like sometimes you might feel like you're going to come out of your skin when you're worshiping the Lord in his face, studying him and learning him just like David did. He studied God like you're going to even know more how to express your love for him because you're you're just says David had a pure and passionate desire for the Lord's presence. In Psalm 27, four, it says, here's the one thing I crave from God. The one thing I seek above all else, I want the privilege of living with him every moment in his house, finding the sweet loveliness of his face filled with awe, delighting in his glory and grace. I want to live my life so close to him that he takes pleasure in my every prayer. Through intimate priestly worship, David began to experience all of these attributes which caused him to long for more. He experienced something that caused him to say, one thing I desire is to dwell in the presence of the Lord. It was the only thing he wanted because he experienced the presence of God in a way that transformed his life, that he craved it. He longed for it. There's a fresh, there's just a stirring, there's a hunger, there's something. You don't, God doesn't just satisfy. He satisfies and he also gives hunger, which is so cool to me that we can feel like that. You, he satisfies something, but you just experience it. And you just want more. I've heard people say he's both, um, I say he's both the water and the well, Amen. you know, he's, he's the hunger and the bread because when you experience these things, it just causes you to want more and more and more. There's like, exactly, yes, it's just a never-ending well. It caused him to long for more. I want I don't know, I feel to read that scripture one more time. Of just, I want to release it over you that, this would be something that would manifest in your life, this craving and this hunger for the presence of God. 
that you are satisfied, but in that satisfaction, it places like a fresh, crazy hunger on the inside of you to want more of his presence and more of his goodness, that it will release a fresh expression in your heart, even when you worship, even when you worship. One thing I crave from God, one thing I seek above all else, I want the privilege of living with him every moment in his house. Finding the sweet loveliness of his face filled with awe, delighting in his glory and grace. I want to live my life so close to him that he takes pleasure (laughs) in every prayer. So not only are we taking pleasure in him, but he's, he's taking pleasure in us. This beautiful exchange to know that not only am I taking pleasure in him when I worship, when I'm in his presence, but he is taking pleasure in me. (laughs) He delights in me. He delights in you. All these things that you release saying, God, you're worthy. He sings it right back to you. We say, I delight in you. He says, I delight in you. We say, I love you. He says, I love you. (laughs) we sing you're great you're the best friend he's like you're the best friend (laughs) we say he's full of freedom and love and joy and peace he says you're full of freedom and love and joy and peace because i'm in you (laughs) he sings it right back to you whether you believe it or not it's true so i don't know what to say about that (laughs) i love prophetic worship and i i love it i love catching the song of the lord but All of those things are fueled by the priestly worship of beholding the Father. Without that, without that intimacy and learning and studying him, like that fuels everything. People, even just in my own background, I've had people ask me, you know, kind of, how'd you get to where you, you know, where you can hear these things and you catch the prophetic song and you do this and do that. Everything I do is fueled by intimacy with the Father, and knowing his attributes, knowing his character, knowing how good he is, knowing his love for me. I used to minister, I used to do things where I feel like sometimes I had times where even after I was done worshiping or leading worship, I remember I used to ask Jimmy all the time, I'm like, did I do okay? Like, did I do good? Did I do okay? You know, there's times, but it was from a place of not feeling confident. Sometimes I'll ask that, like how the atmosphere felt, like how, like sometimes I'll even ask Jenny Lee, how did it feel? And she's like, so good. Like, and I, I, I love it because honestly, sometimes I get in my own space or whatever and I almost be like, y'all don't even exist. You know what I mean? But like, I, I want to do it together, but I'm like, I, and so I love to just know, you know, um, it's good to be aware as a worship leader, but yeah, but I, I just remember being in this place of just feeling like, you know, I was always like, man, I don't know if I'm doing good or I don't know if I'm if I'm doing this. Did I sing the right song? Did I catch whatever? Did did the prophetic song make sense? Did it do this? Did it do that? Whatever. It wasn't until I got to a place where I knew how much the father loved me, how much he loved me and my desire for just the song of heaven to be heard and for people to encounter Jesus and for people to learn how to worship and release their own song and do all of these things, all of it was fueled when I finally had an understanding 
of God's love for me, when I finally understood my royal bloodline, when I finally understood that whether things are good or bad, it doesn't define my worship. I said, worship is not circumstantial. If it was, we probably would never do it. And there's people that don't do it because, one, either they feel, I've had people that have wanted to, that are on worship team scheduled, and they may call me week of and say, hey, I don't think I should sing this Sunday because I just had a bad week. I'm like, what do you mean? And they're just like, I don't know, girl, like I, lo- I lost I lost my cool with whatever, and I've just been battling with fear, and I've just been doing this and doing that. And they're just like, I just, it just doesn't seem right to be up there. And I'm like, first of all, none of us got our stuff together that are up there. We are all going through things. We are all, we're constantly, you know what I mean? We're, we have, there's, there's battles. There's things that we have to deal with. You know what I mean? So I'm like, so first of all, don't feel like none of us (laughs) are like super holy or anything. And yeah. And second of all, I'm like, if we did that, we would never be up there if we waited until we had our lives together, even anything, anything you serve in prayer, prophetic team, worship, kids, anything for people. That's a lie of the enemy to feel like you have to have everything put together. I said it last week, God puts us together. And I tell them, I'm like, you go up there because this is the best time for you to worship. You're feeling like this. You had a rough week. You're dealing with fear. I want you to release it all. Release the truth over yourself if you need to. And I believe that will bring breakthrough and freedom even into the room of anybody else who is dealing with those things and battling with those things. And so, but studying the father, learning his character, learning how much he loves for us and just taking all of that in. Um, This isn't just to sing a song out or to play a melody. The more we know him and the truth of who he is, we are reminded of who he is to us in our daily lives. So what we catch in the spirit, like I'm not, I don't want to box this into just a song. Catch the character and the attributes of the Father to apply it to your daily lives, to apply it to an issue you may be having with family, to apply it to your kids, to apply it to you might be dealing with anxiety or dealing with this or panic or fear or whatever it is, sickness. Take the character and the attributes of our perfect Jesus and freaking point them to that thing and say, this is truth. This is what it says. I'm not going to panic anymore. I'm not going to have fear. I'm not going to have anxiety. I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to do all these things. You take those truths, you take those attributes, those powerful attributes of Jesus, and you apply them to every situation, even over your moods and emotions. Come on. Why can't we? Why can't you apply the attributes of Jesus to a bad mood? (laughs) What does he say? He's joy. Why can't we apply it to a time when we've taken offense? Oh, man, Jesus, come. You're good. You're truth. You're you're powerful. And just grab a scripture that says, oh, the loveliness of his face. I have delight. He delights in me. He delights in me. And he's going to delight in me. He made me perfect. You know, he made me perfect. He made me pure. He made me whole. Like take all these things, the attributes of Jesus and everything that he says about you and apply it to those things. The attributes of God will meet every need and desire that you have. There's not one single thing, one emotion, one mood. There's not anything that you are going through that you can't take an attribute of God and apply it 
to that thing, to that need or that desire. He's a great I am. He's I am everything. He's everything. Learn those things through beholding him and studying him. I am always one that I want to talk about fighting for that intimacy, those things of studying him and beholding him. Distractions are the biggest battle. Oh, man, distractions in life. I believe it's even the biggest battle even for um, for worshipers, for worship leaders, for creative people. We get distracted really easy. If you're creative in any sense, it's easy to get distracted and scatterbrained and bored, like all of these things. But instead of taking that space and filling it with anything else, fill it with more of who Jesus is. We always try to fill these things with everything else. Fill it with Jesus, with the character of Jesus. Distractions are one of the biggest things that steal from our priestly worship and our face-to-face moments with the Father. How many times do you find yourself, you're like, either tonight or in the morning or whatever, like, I am going to spend some time with Jesus by myself, and something comes up. Something happens, or you're tired, or you get upset, or the kids do something crazy, or just whatever. Something Something happens, and you almost, you sometimes you might not even realize it, and you're just like, oh, I got to go do this, and that thing becomes like, it's easy just to take that thing, to take that distraction and just run with it and completely forget about what your intention was in being with the Lord. Distractions will kill intimacy like that. Think about it even in a marriage or in a friendship. Who likes to have a friend that you're talking with them, and they're not even looking at you and they're constantly like this or they're constantly like that. Like I've talked to people like that and it bugs the mess out of me. <laughs> like talking to people and I'm like, look at me when I'm talking. I just spent 10 minutes listening to you. You better look at me. You know what I mean? Like I, it's distracting. Like that's not what kind of friendship is that in marriage or in relate any kind of relationship. If you're trying to do something to your spouse, like there's times when like, even multi, they're like, I can multitask. I'm like, whatever. But like, no, look at me, what I'm saying to you right now. Exactly. Oh, yes. Come on, Sarah. <laughs> Your phone or me. <laughs> but distractions, those kind of things, if it's like that, what, you know, it's the same thing with the Lord, with the Father. You know what I mean? He's like, hello, I'm here. And we just get distracted by everything. And I think, oh, man, one of the things, and i I feel I'm guilty of this as well, I guess, of just, you almost feel like, oh, I think about this, you're, God is so good, but we can absolutely take advantage of feeling like, I'll get another chance. Like, I can do it later. I can, you know, God, and, and it's, and I get it. And God is gracious, and his kindness is above anything we can understand. But, but, I feel like there's something in intentional moments in the presence that you fight for, that you will experience something with the Lord that you wouldn't experience, like, by mistake. Like, it's something, you know, you just kind of happen to, oh, man, like, you're listening to a song in the car, and you're just like, man, this is blessing me, you know, like, if it just happens or you come to church and you're whatever, but when you are intentional about your love for the Lord, you're in, you're fighting for this moment. You're fighting for this time. You're staying up later. You're waking up earlier. You're fasting lunch or you're doing whatever it is. Like 
something about the the times when you fight for those things I feel like I don't know the Lord just breathed something so awesome on that something so special because um, it is it's it's just like a relationship or just like a friendship where you go out of your way for something it means something more or when someone gives you a gift and it's like Jaylee's the best at giving gifts because she remembers things she knows us she knows me she knows the things I like she knows the things I don't like so it, it means something more because she studied me and she knows me as a friend you know what I mean and that's just that's intimacy you have that with people. You have that with your kids or you know the things your kids like and don't like. You know what I mean? You would know what to buy your kids for birthday. I wouldn't know. what. That's why I'd have to ask. Hey, you know what I mean? Like there's intimacy. There's a connection there. There's a love that's there that has taken the time to get to know that person. It's the same thing with the father. It's the exact same thing with the father. And it means so much more. How much more does it mean to the father when we fight for connection? Yeah. When we fight for intimacy, when he's like, man, they're really wanting to know about me. They're learning about me. They're seeking my face in the middle of the day. Even if it's for five seconds, they are intentional about it. Even if it's for 10 seconds while you're washing the dishes and saying, God, you're so good. Just thank you. I'll do that in the car when I'm driving. I'm just like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Just thank you. And my kids are like, what are you saying thank you for? I'm like, just thanking Jesus for everything. I'm thanking him for you. Thanking him that I have a car right now that I'm driving you to school in. I'm thankful that I have, you know, just begin to thank him. Begin to bless him. Even those moments, they're intentional. It's not about how long it is. Are you fighting for that moment and being intentional? God will take a heartfelt something that's going to break through everything, a five-second I love you over a hour-long prayer that is just coming with a laundry list of things and you're fighting for this or you're even doing it because you feel guilty or because I have to or because whatever. If you do that on a regular basis, that's awesome. I don't have time to pray three hours a day. I just, it's just not. And I don't feel guilty about it. I don't feel bad about it. Some people have that, yeah, and I don't. But I am very intentional and I fight for those moments. And there are times when the Lord has called me and says, I need you to stay on your face for an hour. Do not get up. Listen to those. You know what I mean? Like get take hold of those moments. But man, when you fight that distraction and you fight for this intimacy, this intimacy, the thing that he paid for, for you to have access to him every time you need to fight for it sometimes and say, I'm going to do this. Always make time to minister to the Lord in your day. Acknowledge his presence. Thank him. Pray a psalm. If you fight for it, I believe that he will breathe on it in, an, in, a, in a beautiful way. It's not easy, but it's what we were created for, to love him and to be loved by him. You know? Um, I... Um, I wanted to um, just do a little something. I want us to take just a few minutes of just like a little exercise. We got like 10, 15 minutes left. Um, I wanted you, and maybe I'll play a little something or whatever. Um, I wanted you guys to take a psalm, like just if you got your Bible or your phone or whatever. Here's my Bible too if you want it. Um, I want you to find a verse or even a couple verses um, or even a chapter, whatever, that expresses the attributes of who Jesus is. And I want you to take that and, you know, it's, I guess, consider it a homework or something. Take that throughout your week 
And even if it's that one verse or those two verses or that one chapter that you take throughout the rest of your week or your month or whatever, um, and just release that as a prayer. If you sing, release it as a song if you want. Release it with your kids, with your, what you know. Um, it's just, I think it would be awesome to be able to get in a habit of ministering to the Lord every day. Like I said, even if it's a quick thank you ministering to the Lord. Um, but I would love just in this right here while we're just in this presence right now. Um, I feel like he's going to speak to you a specific passage or verse that is going to apply to your life where you're at right now in this moment. So just ask him, um, and we're going to meditate on them for a minute. And I may have a couple of you just come up if you want to read it, or we can all read our things out or whatever. It might bless somebody else as we minister to the Lord. But um, I don't know, just take like five minutes and ask the Lord, I want, I want to minister to you and I, I want to release the attributes and the character of your goodness and of who you are. Um, give me something, give me something for me through your word. And so, um, yeah, for the next couple minutes, just do that. I believe he's going to speak to you and take hold of a scripture, take hold of a verse a chapter, whatever it is. Thank you for listening to this message from The Resting Place Tampa. We exist for the lost to be found, the found to be free, and peace to reign in our city. For more great resources like this, check out theRestingPlaceTampa.com.